Hello and welcome into the show today. Pastor Caleb McCall here hanging out with a good friend of mine. Excited to have him on the show uh, for the first time. You know, if you are listening in today, today is a, uh, a, a new season for the podcast, for the show, uh, relaunching this thing, uh, going into a new direction um, with the podcast and um, talking to fivefold ministry leaders and voices around the country that are making an impact for the kingdom of God. We'll also be having uh, legacy uh, services and sermons going on on the show. But we are excited that you are here with us today and listening. Uh, I have a special treat for you for episode one on uh, on today's show. We have Pastor Miles Rutherford with us from Worship with Wonders Church there in the Atlanta area. Him and his wife are leading an incredible church, a multicultural church there in the Atlanta area. His wife, Delana, uh, and and they're in the Atlanta area just killing it, man. Pastor Miles, how are you, brother? Thank you for coming on to the show today. Hey, thank you, Pastor Caleb McCall. I appreciate you. Thank you for inviting me. I love talking about the word. I love talking about the relevant things that are going on and and where we are in this nation and in this world. And I know you're very, very avid about that as well. So very excited to be here. Yeah, man, we're going to we're going to have an incredible time today. And I believe that uh, some people tuning in over the airwaves, man, are going to be blessed, going to be touched. I think, uh, you know, mentalities and mindsets will be shifted. The Lord is going to breathe on this thing and the power of God is going to go forth, man. So, Miles, why don't you tell some of our listeners who might not know who you are? This man has been shaking it up on the Internet, y'all. So if you haven't heard of him in the spirit filled arena of things, I'll be surprised. But uh, tell our listeners who might not know you, Pastor Miles, a little bit about yourself. How you came to the Lord, what you're doing now there in the Atlanta area. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Miles Rutherford. I'm married to Delana Rutherford. We are in Atlanta, Georgia. We have a church uh, we started 17 years ago by the name of Worship with Wonders Church. And you can you can Google, you can Instagram, um, you can Facebook, uh, Miles Rutherford, M-Y-L-E-S, Rutherford, Delana, Worship with Wonders. We um we came here out of a call uh, to be here in Atlanta. We were not headed here. And the Lord uh, specifically said on a couple of prophetic words to be in the Atlanta area. We felt like Atlanta had enough churches and um, man, we were wrong. It's not that they don't have enough churches. They just don't have many churches standing for truth, standing for, for righteousness. And so we um, we we set out to start a church. And um, we, ever since then, been here, planted. Um, how did I know about the Lord? Well, uh, I have always been in church since I was a young kid. My mom and dad were avid partiers. Um, until I was three years old, uh, my father bowed his knee and he said, I make a horrible God for myself. Mm -hmm. And my mom and dad went after God and I am a byproduct of that. Mm -hmm. And so my mother and father, uh, changing the whole course of the family tree, mm -hmm. um, going after the spirit filled lifestyle, he bent his knee on the steps of our house in Greenville, Ohio. And um, I was three years old and uh, I, I gave my life to Christ. Uh, weirdly enough, at four years old, I remember it. 
Mm, and a lot of people say, how do you remember that? I remember <laughs> a lot of stuff. I don't have the, uh, I don't have the auto button that I can tell you the date and time, Yeah. but yeah. I remember putting my knees on the ground at four years old, wow. looking at a large picture window out into the uh, backyard. And I told the Lord, I, 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 uh, I give my life to you. And of course I was young, made a lot of crazy mistakes, did a lot of stupid sure. stuff. We all do. When I was 15 years old, um, I had a heart. I had a very strong heart for, for the house of God. So I would run sound. I would do anything I, I knew to do just to be a part of it. But I didn't know I had a call on my life. Mm. And a gentleman by the name of Reverend Rosslier came through and I've never met him since, but I have the prophetic word written down in my Bible. First time I fell out in the spirit, spoken tongues, Wow. All these wonderful things happened to me, but I knew when I got up, uh, I can't do anything else but ministry. Yeah, And I, it was just an internal click. And my mom and dad uh, started a, a business it, way in the multiple millions of dollar business. And wow. I had a wonderful corner office promised to me on the highest skyscraper in Kentucky. Mm. Um, and I couldn't do it. Mm. And the Lord just apprehended and I was, I've been apprehended ever since. I don't, I don't know what else I would want wow. to do. So that's kind of a nutshell. Mm. Um, have, has things been just peachy? No. I mean, when you get a call, you still have to grow up. Right. And so that maturity really kicked through. So that's kind of my story mm. um, in a nutshell. Yeah. Wow. How powerful. Don't that make, um, uh, give, that gives such a, um, a uh, testimony to parents who, you know, bow that knee in front of their kids, hand their life over to God and the legacy um, that is able to be built from there. Because here you stand and now the Atlanta area has a man of God standing up for truth, reaching our nation because your dad bowed and now uh, you bowed as well after that moment that you had when you were 15 years old. So so you and your wife, you head to Atlanta. That was 17 years ago. You plant the church. And uh, which kind of leads me into my next question, man. You know, um, uh, follow you, watch you. We connected at King's Table just a, a couple of weeks back at the men's conference and been following you, you know, now for a while now. And I see everything that's going on. Uh, with the church and the sermon clips and and services and things of that nature. And what you and your wife have built there is an incredible thing. And it's an incredible thing that our nation needs um, with what I'm about to ask you. And so what I'm about to ask you is because you have a multicultural, multi-generational church there that is thriving, booming, growing, um, what would you tell to any young pastor such as myself, young minister that's just getting started. I planted my church three years ago. And so, uh, you know, what would you give some advice to myself or other young ministers to help build a spirit-filled, multicultural church that is making an impact for the kingdom of God? What advice would you have? Um, I, the first word that comes to my mind is be intentional. Hmm. Um, know what you want going into it. Um, don't allow others to change what God has put an assignment on your life to do. Mm. Um, we are all of the same spirit. We all come from the same vine, but we all grow different fruit. Mm. Um, and so if you are, uh, have a desire, which is typically internal that God has placed there, be extremely intentional. Uh, we stuck a billboard up and I'm not saying that that's the, that's the yes or no. 
mm-hmm. of what you do. But we put at before we had our first service, first service, we said Atlanta's newest multicultural church, Spirit-filled church. Mm-hmm. And um, from that, the first couple that we had was a, a black and white married and racial couple. And it was just the Lord smiling on us and saying, hey, this is what you asked for. This is what I'm going. You know, there's a lot of people that um, you don't want to uh, you don't want to do ministry wondering. You, you want to do it with in- anticipation and you want to do not do it aimlessly. You want mm. to do it with passion. Yeah. And so I see a lot of young people that are preaching and they have the call of God on their life but they're aimless. They Mm. don't really, they're just shooting in the middle of nowhere. You need to target up. Mm. So that brings me to my next point. And that is DNA. Mm. Know your DNA. Will your DNA uh, change? Will your, will your, will your uh, way you present it change? Maybe, maybe it won't, but typically it will, Mm. but your DNA is the message. It is what you have inbred in you and don't allow anybody rich. Don't allow anybody um, persuasive um, don't allow anyone that has uh, influence to change that. Um, continue your journey, and you will uh, you will you will attract what you are. Mm. And so, if you want fire, Holy Ghost, baptized, spirit filled, tongue talking, move of God kind of people, then you are you're going to get what you are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I've never been about the money. I've mm. never been about. Uh, of those natural things, even though I know we must have business in our ministry. I've never been about that. It's always been about raising up people that are discipled and trained, not just growing a church. Mm. I think the other thing that I would say that I would do differently is that right there. When we started, you know, there was this huge mushroom of, of churches coming out um, of the, on the scene that with, with a church growth booklet. Um, and I had a few people try to introduce that to me and it, it had some great things in it. I'm not going to say all this stuff was bad, sure. but I found very quickly that it was more for more focused on church growth rather than discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you, when your church would go, when I, our church would go through something, uh, the roots, uh, we're not as deep. So I really focused on the roots of our DNA and building culture. Mm. So that would be an answer I would give to any young, young pastors that are coming up mm. DNA, be intentional, have non-negotiables, what you will not do, no matter what is offered, mm. et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you saying there too. Don't sell out either, <laughs> you know, uh, be true to yourself. Don't sell out, be intentional, um, you know, I always say this when it comes to because we're building that there at our place and uh, building a multi multicultural uh, setting. And, you know, uh, if you want to build that, you you can't have everybody on stage or in your leadership team or staff that look like you. Right. And you're going to have to be that takes intention. And, um, you know, man, I, I love that. I, I just want to grow a church. And I know there's so many out there that want to grow a church that just looks like heaven, right? Because that's what right. it looks like every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Um, and that's what we all should be striving for um, in the church in America, man. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that pastor. But um, so I'll, let's transition here into this next question. So 
man, I believe this. I know this to be true. And so many others are affirming this uh, that are in leadership in our country. You are a prophetic voice in our country um, right now. You're a prophetic voice in our nation. And God has risen you up for such a time as this. And we have some nonsense going on in our country right now. And the church, um, and when I say the church, I'm talking the capital C church has almost, you know, some in some circles and in some areas, they've ridden the fence on some of the top, these topics that we're about to touch on, instead of standing on the word, standing on truth, being bold. You know, you talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm preaching on this Sunday. It's like that was one of his main uh, jobs that he came to the earth to provide was boldness. You're going to need boldness to stand up, point your finger in darkness and and tell it to go. Right. And so mm. we've got some nonsense going on in our country with everything from abortion to LGBTQ to Target to Disney, like all of this stuff, uh, you being the voice, the prophetic voice that you are, what would you tell the church? How do we combat these things? How how do we handle these things? And, and what guidance would you give us? I would say definitely right now you need to pick a side. You need to raise your voice. You need to allow the Lord to change uh, your heart posture. Um, I believe right now the church, the capital C church, is very focused on uh, things that have no value to the direction of the nation. Mm. I believe the church right now needs to be rallying around hot topics rather than shunning them. Mm -hmm. um, I am a bit some of the and I don't I don't want to be forward too strong on this Zoom call, but I am I am a bit irritated at uh, large ministries who say absolutely zero when it comes to their influence and the power that they have. But why will you not speak of it? And, and why aren't you raising your voice? Um, and I believe it's because for the last 20 years, what has worked is not what will work in the next mm -hmm. 20, if we have 20 left. Yeah. Um, I believe the redefinition of a preacher um, is on the scene right now. And I believe that COVID cleaned the church. Mm -hmm. I believe right now in 1940, 70% were going to church in 2023. Um, the statistic that I have is 24% in America actually believe what this word says, 24 so when you go to large conferences and you see thousands of people going, um, we think, hey, the church is doing well. Mm. But I mean, Fox News, I believe, just released a report says 39 percent of people feel like that their religion really doesn't matter anymore. Thirty-nine percent. Mm. I'm sorry. Thirty-nine yeah, percent yeah. only mm. of America. That that doesn't that that that's a, to me is a bogus poll. I mm. believe it's a lot lower. Um, mm. But. COVID really cleaned the church. Mm. COVID cleaned the church. And I say this quite often. What when when you know company is coming, you mm. clean the house. Yeah. You clean the house real good. And so there's company coming. Mm. And the Holy Spirit showed us in April what happens when you have somebody release a song unholy on a Grammy platform. And then four days later, uh, an outpouring in Asbury College of millions of people flock to you. It shows you that the people are hungry, but what are they hungry for? Mm. And that's where we kind of need to focus because 
God is changing the, the, he's redefining, I'm sorry, yes, redefining, not changing. He is redefining what a preacher is. And there are preachers coming off the mountain. There are preachers that are coming out of caves and they are ready to stand. They've been, they've been sitting in the cellar. They're mm-hmm. dark. Uh, they've kept dark. They've been kept in the dark. But there is a season right now where God is raising up the Elijahs, the John the Baptist, the Jehus, um, all those people that are willing to be offended and be a, and have offense come. And please don't misunderstand what I'm saying because people think, well, you know, you're supposed to speak everything and, and love. It's not a fact of love. It's it's when we when we willingly hold withhold what happens when you live in these lifestyles, you participate in these sins. Um, to me, that's an absence of love. Mm. And um, so God is raising up and redefining what preachers are. And I think the next thing that I really believe God's called me to to really help define in America is what is an actual preacher? Mm. Because I really feel like we've got businessmen mm. in our pulpits that are excited about the numbers and they think that authority is coming from majority, but authority doesn't come from majority. Authority comes from God. Whether you have 10 or you have 10,000, um, God is the release of authority. Um, mm-hmm. The remnant is the strongest it's ever been in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, for the last 20 years, we've had very, very weak, impotent, Faith, bless me, get me a car, get me a house kind of messages. Mm. And I'm not against things, uh, asking the Lord for things. I'm not against that. What I am against is that we have failed to preach grace with truth. And God spoke to us in the Bible to preach grace and truth, love and truth. So if you go to a, if you go to a, uh, a school and you take a test and you only get half the answer, right? You fail. Absolutely. And so we have failed as preachers. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the stuff that we're seeing from the white house and from Congress and from institutions, uh, people who stand uh, is for, for sins that is very blatant is because in the pulpit, we forgot to preach the truth. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the number one, reason why we are experiencing all we're experiencing people forgot to preach the truth they forgot what a preacher is and they forgot what truth is and so when you have when you have one truth then everybody believes a a certain way but when you have many truths or this whole my truth stuff what's that this whole my truth stuff what is my truth you you hear people say this it's my truth it's it's a difference between objective and subjective. Objective truth is right here. This is objective. That's the reason why you have such a deconstruction. And that's the reason why people are questioning the word of the Lord. It's because it's the same thing that Satan did to Eve. He said, did God really say? Mm-hmm. And if you, look in, if you listen to that, he never addresses God right. He says, because all through the first chapter of the Bible, and the Lord God, and the Lord God, and the Lord God. But when Satan or the serpent came to Eve, he did not say Lord God. Mm. He said, he said, God, wow. Lord represents owner, Adonai. It, rem- it represents lordship. Mm. God does not. So that's why people are really comfortable saying God, but they're not, mm. they're not comfortable saying Jesus, the Lord Jesus, which mm. is all in the New Testament. Mm. And so he, he gives 
he 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 alters the truth. Did God really say mm. that? Mm. Mm. Um, and so, and then he he presents a lie with the truth. Mm. Um, so if you have many truths, then you have uh, you can you can you can define what a woman is. Mm. You can define what a man is uh, because you have many truths. I, this is what this is my truth. Yeah, but it's not the authoritative truth. It's a subjective mm. truth, and my truth can change tomorrow. So truth, I, I could really preach right here, and I, I don't want to go, go, go. <laughs> don't want to ball hog this thing. Go, man. <laughs> but the the devil, and this is going to surprise a lot of people. Mm. But the devil's Satan's end game is not identity. Mm. It's not changing the identity. Mm. Satan's end game has it, identity is the is the open door to get what he really wants, and that's authority. Mm. And you find that in the um, you find that after Jesus comes, he's just gets done doing his fast, and Satan comes to Jesus and he says. If you're the son of God, turn these stones to bread. And mm. a lot of people think that he was just wanting him to, uh, he was hitting him on a fleshly, he was hungry, etc. But mm. if you listen to what the Bible says right at the beginning, it's not about the bread. Mm. It's the first part of the first part of the first part of the sentence. If you're the son of God, he questions his identity. Mm. Mm. If you are the son of God, right. then the second one. He says, if you are the son of God, cast yourself down from this mountain. And Jesus fights with the word every time right. it is written. It is written. However, the third one, he comes to Jesus and he does not question his identity. Mm. He asks for him to relinquish his authority. He does not say if you are. He says, if you'll bow down and if you'll let me have your authority, wow. I will give you all these things. And mm. this is where the preachers need to be, Pastor Caleb, because Jesus did not just come back with a, it is written in the scripture. He says, away from me, Satan, wow. he gets an attitude. Yes. Mm. Jesus, the lover of God, the, the, the savior, on. the come one on. we preached about love actually got an attitude. He got a righteous indignation and he said, get out of here. And yeah. then he gives him the scripture. So when you're dealing with something challenging authority or truth, you mm -hmm. cannot just sit back and preach little uh, promising sermons. You have to get in the face of the devil and you have to make some noise. I, I know. We I, I'm just going to say we need to stay here for just a second, Pastor, because I've been I'm about to kick off a series at my church called Grace and Truth. And I am going, I'm going to go through the hardest, toughest scriptures in the word. And I'm going to preach them in the same. And I'm going to, and then I'm going to preach the scandalous grace messages and the scandalous uh, grace words within the scripture all in the same sermon. And I, I'm going to hammer this thing home. But you hit something there with Jesus and his response, his righteous indignation. I love how you put that. His, he got an attitude. The loving Jesus, who was in complete submission and obedience to the Father, gets frustrated and is fed up and has had enough with the enemy. And he raises his voice. And he, we in our society have, and in the church in America, 
have gotten to this place where if the preacher calls out sin, if he gets a little bit uh, hyped up, if he gets a little bit of a righteous indignation, if he gets excited, if he gets to this place of frustration that something's wrong with him and all he's preaching angry and he's this and he's that. But according to the scriptures, when you get to a place like where we are at, like where Jesus was at in that moment at his temptation, where he overcomes the devil himself. Like, I think it's okay for the preacher to get to this point and to preach the truth. And we've turned love. I I say this all the time while preaching and speaking, man, like we have turned love into a feeling, but love is an action. Hence, Jesus says, if you love me, you obey my commands. Jesus immediately equates with that statement that what love is, is action. And it's how you handle situations, not what you feel about a situation. He proves that elsewhere too. when he tells you to love your enemy, because you're never going to feel like loving your enemy. The question is, will you do it? Right. And so we've turned love into this feeling, but touch on that for a second with love and, and grace and truth, man. Like, do we as preachers, I mean, are we not is this not our calling as preachers to 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 call these things out, to have an attitude if need be, to get the point of cross? I mean, touch on that for a little bit with me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jesus, he gives his opening statement in his hometown, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has anointed me to proclaim liberty to them who are bound to set it free. Now, there are two words there. Preach is euangelizo, and to proclaim is caruso. Both means to preach, Mm. but the the interpretation of the King James Version is proclaim. Mm. When you look at the word preach and preacher, Mm. you look at 2 Peter 2.5, and you see where, and God called Noah a preacher of righteousness. First of all, let me say something. People call me a preacher. That's wonderful. But I am grateful that God called me a preacher. Mm. I would rather God call me a preacher. And sometimes right now, especially mm. in a season we're in, you have to have a no anointing. Mm. And Noah couldn't shut that door. Mm. The Bible says God shut that door. And the reason I feel like that is because Noah didn't want anybody to die. Mm. And he knew what was coming. So God said, you're done. You've preached mm. all you can. He preached Caleb for Pastor Caleb for 120 years. Man. And seven people got in the boat. You would think he'd have. That's that's why I believe strongly in the season we're in. Do not uh, do not make the mistake of looking at the numerics to to obtain if you're being successful yeah. in God. Yeah. Because when you go to preach like this, not everybody wants to hear it. Yep. And God doesn't call it successful because everybody wanted to hear it. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, you and Galizzo is where you get the word evangelism which is meaning to spread the gospel. Now, follow me with this, because the next word is to proclaim liberty Mm. to those who are captive. That word preach is Caruso. Caruso means to cry aloud Mm. as a town crier and preach with an eternal conviction. My concern of today is that people are preaching, but they don't preach with an eternal conviction. And so people come in and they leave not feeling the weight of any consequences they have. They don't repent. They don't feel a stirring in their heart. They continue to do what they want to do. And many of them don't even care what the world is doing. Mm. 
Mm. But the Bible also says in Matthew 24, it says, and this gospel will be preached to the ends of the world, mm. and then the end will come. What does that word preach? Is that euangelizo or mm. is it caruso? Is it evangelizing the good news and passing out tracts and making sure everybody's got a Bible? Or is that caruso, which means preach and herald and cry mm. so loud that when people walk by, the conviction shakes them to the ground. Mm. It is caruso. So a lot of people misinterpret it and say, well, when we hit the 60-40 window, when we have missions, and we, which I'm in agreement with that, I'm not against that. But the scripture says when we preach with Caruso as a Caruso preacher, which is defined in 2 Peter 2.5, preacher of righteousness. Mm. In other words, when you start hearing the, the, the you start hearing the Jesuses and you start hearing the, the John the Baptist, the Elijahs. The, the Jeremiah's, the Nehemiah's, all of these people that spoke in the Old Testament and herald with conviction and authority, mm. you will see this prophetic anointing come upon the earth. And what is it doing? Trying to point people back to God. A lot of people think a prophetic movement, a prophetic voice is to talk to you about your future and what God's going to give you. Hey, God's going to give you a house. If you'll feel so a $5,000 seat, God's going to do this and that. Let me tell you something. Run from yeah. those people. Yeah, absolutely. Those are, that's what Jude says. They are clouds without water and they all, and they're, they're uh, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. They sound yeah. good, but yeah. God says, I'm not speaking through them. Mm -hmm. A prophet does not only point and predict future, but he points people back towards God. Mm -hmm. Here's where the prophetic anointing is on the earth today. People need to listen to stark, raving, mad, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. Get your tail back to the house of God. Come on. Get back to God because trouble is coming. And people need to hear that. Turn yeah. from wicked ways. That's what St. Chronicles 7 says. If my people will humble themselves, Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Who's turning from their wicked ways? Mm. He said in the beginning, if my, my people, people. Yeah. turn from their wicked ways. He's not talking about the world. Yeah. So the house of God has got to get straight. Yeah. The house yeah. of God has got to stop twerking and stop doing crazy stuff and stop affirming everything and stop approving of everything. Yeah. I don't practice that, but you approve of it. Yeah. And that's yeah. just as bad. Romans 132. Yeah. We're not in danger of hellfire for those who only practice it, but those who approve of the practicing of it. Mm -hmm. So, and you, if you approve of it, you're just as dangerous as going to hellfire as the one actually in the middle of the mm -hmm. sin. Mm -hmm. And as teachers and as prophets and as pastors, evangelists, fivefold ministry, how much more stricter of a judgment? And who yeah. are you standing before? And why would you fold your cards to somebody that gave an offering? Mm. 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 You hit, you hit that on the head, too, with what you just said about the, the prophetic voice, man. Everybody looks to the prophetic as somebody who can tell me something about the future or give me a prophetic uh, word. But the prophets of old and the Old Testament prophets, every single one of them's message was repent. You do this, God will right. do this. You do this, God will do this. And we have lost that, and we've turned the prophetic into um, fortune telling, unfortunately, and it and it is it's killing the body of Christ. I'll say this, and, we, and we'll move on to the next question. But you hit it on the head too with the um, uh, affirming of things within the body of Christ. Revelation 
uh, chapter two, where Jesus shows back up onto the scene with John on the island of Patmos when talking about the future church, says you have tolerated Jezebel. You have tolerated her. And I have this against you. And we in the church have got to get away from this toleration and allowance wow. and affirming of the nonsense that's going in our country and prophetic voices um, to rise up in our country. You know, yeah. you, you've already hit it home. You know, that was one of our questions with the remnant preachers, the John the Baptist anointing, that Elijah uh, anointing. Um, I've got two other things here and we'll be done. But, you know, I want to say this too. Let's go into this first because we're kind of there. I heard you talking about this the other day on social media and it was you you gave this word that there is coming a time and a day and it's here where the church will be divided but the bride will be united tell us about that a little bit yeah we're in the united states of a divided church <laughs> that's where we are yeah and a lot of people say well you're being uh you, you you're being legalistic you're being divisive no no I'm not. I'm preaching holiness and preaching separation. And the word ekkalasia, ekkaleo, which means the church, means to be called out of. Called out of what? Called out of a worldly system. And right now we have a lot of people in the church still embracing worldly systems in order to be popular. Hey, I want I want popularity just like anybody. But the reason I want it is for influence to turn people back to Christ, not to fit, not to fat in my pockets not to be popular, not to everybody look at me. Right. Honestly, the, the higher I go, the more nervous I get. Yeah. Because I, my fear of God has to go higher. Right. Um, right. I will say, Jesus, he, he explains this when he says, it will be like 10 virgins. Mm. Mm. And he said, they will, they will, have oil in their lamps, they'll set out on a journey. But when the bridegroom calls in the midnight hour, mm. which is kind of where we are, we're in the 11th hour for mm. sure. Mm -hmm. um, he says, all of them, listen to this prophetic. This is the this is very prophetic. All of them were sleeping. Mm. All 10 of them. Wow. Didn't, didn't mean that, that some were good. And some Didn't mean that not all of them were bad. It was just that there had to be an awakening. There's a and, revelation. Nobody talks about that. Why do we not right. talk about them all being asleep? They're all asleep. Even the good ones are asleep. They're all asleep. And they hear the bridegroom coming. This is where we are. This is why there's a John the Baptist anointing right now on the generation. Because what was he? A forerunner of Jesus. We are going to have that same anointing on us of spirit of power and of might of Elijah. The same thing. That John the Baptist had, that Elijah had, is going to be on us. Why? Because we're preparing the way for the Lord to return. This mm -hmm. time, he's not a, he's not coming as a lamb. He's coming as a lion, and we know that. Mm -hmm. But here's the prophetic anointing on it. Five get up. They trim their wicks. Mm -hmm. And they have oil. Wow. The other five get up, trim their wicks. They have no oil. Mm-hmm. And they say to the five with oil, please give us your oil. Mm. And they said, I can't. And that's where people are. First of all, it's straight down the middle. Mm. Five wise, 
foolish. And that's why the Bible speaks in Thessalonians. It says they, a lot of people, even the elect, are mm. going to be deceived. And God is going to shorten the days just for the sake of them not walking in such deception. Mm. Five wise, five foolish. That all the virgins were anticipating Christ coming. So I have to say that these people are in church. Yeah. If I was to say it today, here's 10 virgins in the church. Five are bowing to the systems of the world and five are anticipating the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And mm -hmm. the one thing, the one thing that separated them was the oil. Mm -hmm. What does that represent? That's the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. <laughs> There's no fire without it. And so right. you can't fall in love with fake fire in this season. You got to have the fresh fire of the Holy Spirit. And when they went in, people, the Bible says this, they're going to knock on the door and say, hey, you remember us? We, we cast out devils. Mm. Uh, we, we laid hands on the sick. We, we, spoke, in new, we spoke in tongues. Mm. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And a mm. lot of people get scared. Like, oh, my God, I could be in church let me explain the next line because people take that scripture and they go out of context. The next line says, mm -hmm. I, he says, depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice mm -hmm. lawlessness. So those who are embracing lawlessness, mm -hmm. and let me say this, it's not a lawless world that ushers the antichrist in. Mm -hmm. It's a lawless church. It's a lawless church mm. when a church who knows better, Romans one suppresses mm. truth. Wow. Yeah. Then you deal with fornication. Then you deal with homosexuality. Then you deal with inventors of all evil things. Mm. And then the next thing you see is the antichrist coming. He can't come until we're out because the Bible says the Holy spirit restrains him and the Holy spirit's not floating around. He is in us. Right. And so as long as I'm here, <laughs> come as long on, as you're here. Yeah, Holy Spirit is in us. Mm -hmm. The Antichrist can't set up. Come on, man. Come He's on, restrained. come on. Wow, is that is that not so powerful to all of our listeners checking this, uh, listening to this today? Like, it's the oil, it's the Holy Spirit of God that will separate the two. And you're you're exactly right on this too, man. With the lawlessness within the church and and we have got to rise up rise up against this nonsense and speak out and let our voices be heard speak the truth speak it in love but just because you're speaking it in love i mean just because you're speaking the truth people will tell you that you're not speaking it in love when you tell the truth uh the watered down church will accuse you of uh, not speaking it in love. There will be the accusations, but we know who the accuser of the brethren is too. I mean, even Peter jumps up and makes a statement to Jesus, this will never happen to you. And Peter is, before he has the Holy Ghost, by the way, this is before he has the Holy Ghost, he jumps up and, and, and uh, Jesus rebukes him because he's operating in that spirit of Satan and accusing the brethren. So don't be guilty of that, right? Uh, where... You're you're accusing the brethren and the preachers of righteousness, um, and you know Jesus says this too. As in the days of Noah, it would be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, 
man, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And I'm sure these folks were banging on the door as he closes it um, because they would not adhere to the word of the Lord. Uh, Pastor Miles, real quick, and, and we're I know we're kind of flipping backwards and we got just a couple of minutes. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, with all this craziness going on, I want to ask you this and we're going to talk about your conference and your new book as we close. But how can we protect our children? Because Satan is coming after our kids. And what do we as the church got to do? I feel like we've touched on this a lot, but I want them to hear your voice on this of what we as the remnant have to do to protect our children. I'm going to say that this way, because I feel like a lot of people may misunderstand what I say. I'm not saying to stop praying. I'm not saying that. I understand. But first Kings 18 tells us that when Elijah heard from the Lord after three and a half years, this is what God spoke to Elijah. He said, go present yourself to Ahab. Mm. We have a lot of people praying, not enough people presenting. Mm. And so your voice has to be heard. Your face has to be seen. And I want to share this with, with such a strong uh, urging in my spirit. Mm. The first battle is not going to be with Goliath. Mm. The first battle is not going to be with uh, Ahab. The first battle is going to be with David's older brother, Eliab. Mm. A lot of people talk about the, the fight with Goliath, but what about the argument before with Eliab? Mm. A lot of people talk about the fire coming down from heaven from Elijah. But what about the, the going back and forth with Elijah and Obadiah? Mm. The people that will first stand in the way of what God is trying to say will be those who are in the church and misunderstand what you are saying. Mm. And many of them will be irritated by what you're saying and they will walk from you. Mm. But if you have an assignment, and you know what you're called to do, keep presenting yourself. Number one, Eliab was frustrated with David mm. because he wasn't anointed as David. Mm. And he was out, as we know, the older son. And he said, who are you? Go go back to the sheep. Who did you leave those sheep to? Yeah. And, and here was the words that came out of David's mouth. Is there not a cause? Mm. Is there not a reason for me to stay? Wow. And Elijah had to remind Obadiah. Obadiah said, why are you doing this to me? You're going to kill me. He said, "This we're in this fight together. Mm. Go, and tell Abraham, t go tell Ahab, I'm on my way. Yeah. And yeah. so people need to know we're fighting with you. Mm. We're fighting for you. We're not fighting against you. Right. And second of all, about our kids, that's what we do. We stand up. We say what we need to say. We post what we need to post. We get out in front. And we fight principalities, not people. Mm. I don't fight against homosexuals. I don't fight against people living transgender lives. I fight against principalities, mostly that are coming against or are coming for our children. We've got to come for our children harder than Satan is coming for our children. Mm. That line right there. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, 
I need you to start preaching like it's the last time they will hear. Wow. Every yeah. time you take the stage, preach like it's the last time they're going to hear. And number two, you're no longer preaching to the faces you're looking at. You're preaching to their children and their children's children because we are one statistically. We are one generation away yeah. from a godless society. Our children are going to rise up and he's going to eat the fruit or the weakness. He's mm. going to eat the fruit or the strength or weakness of the of the season we're in right now. And and, mm. and I believe it was uh, Hezekiah. He said uh, the prophet came to Hezekiah and he said, said these words to Hezekiah. He said, they're going to take away your sons. They're going to plunder this. They're going to take away that. And Hezekiah said, well, at least it won't happen in my lifetime. Mm. In other words, I'm good. I'm going to live my days. Mm. But didn't care about his sons and his daughters. Wow. And the spirit of Elijah is found in Malachi. It's the mm. last scriptures before the dark age. Mm -hmm. And it says, and the spirit of Elijah will come and he will turn the hearts of the fathers and the mothers towards the children. And then the hearts of the children towards the mothers, or I mean, towards the fathers. You can't change the hearts of the children towards the fathers until you change the hearts of the fathers towards the children. It all is upon the parents. Wow. It's the parents' decision. Mm -hmm. Do we accept what's coming to us or do we change it? Come on, man. That's so good. That's so good. Let's get into real quick as we close down, because you're talking about raising our voices here um, as parents, uh, fathers turning to the children, then the children will return to the fathers. And um, you have got a new book that you have coming out and uh, will be releasing in September. Um, and, uh, and it's entitled Raise Our Voice, right? Is that correct? Raise your voice. Raise your voice. Yes. Yes. Raise your voice. And so tell us a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit about this. I know it's a couple of months before it comes, but they can start preparing for this now. Um, and and tell us what is is in this book and what this thing's about and why they need to get it. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be out September 19th. We're going to be holding the tent revival in Atlanta, Georgia, 20 through the 24th. And uh, really, it's just a it's the book is meant for impartation information, too. But it's about 260 pages. And I sat in my office at my house every morning for about three weeks. And it just flowed out of me and what God wanted to say and present. It was it's a very prophetic voice. Some of the chapters in it is, is preachers preach on, cry out. The church is in trouble. Tick tock, clean the house an emergent divergent. Rally the Remnant, Gap Men, uh, When Voices Go Missing, and Men Love Darkness, How to how to Handle the They-Them Spirit, um, Loud of Eleven, and It's About Time. So there's a lot of, lot of incredible uh, things that God has prophetically given to me for a nation mm. to, to stand up and begin to cry out on. Um, I really believe that when people read this book, preachers, and preachers follows, uh, follow salvation, not ordination. Mm. A lot of people think, well, I'm not a preacher. If you get saved, you're a preacher. That's what That's God right. calls you. You're a preacher, whether you like it or not, you're That's preaching. It. That's it. Um, and, and so everybody's a preacher. So it's really about raising the, the level of integrity and restoring righteousness in a nation and how to do that. Yeah. Um, and people are not going to read information only. They're going to feel something churn as mm. they look, listen to this book and read this book. Come on, we have got to get that. Let's support Pastor Miles and 
uh, the the word that God has given him for this book. We can go get that book in September. Do you have a release date yet? Is it September 23rd? I think I heard you say. September 19th, uh, pre-releases will begin to happen um, soon. And um, I'm sorry, here you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Pre-releases will begin to happen probably in August. Uh, and then we're going to start a tent revival on September 20th. It's going to be a kickoff. There's going to be a lot of great people there that are raising their voice. Come on. So September 20th in the Atlanta area, we've got the tent revival coming. Get down to Atlanta. I know me and my family are going to be down there. We're also going to be with Pastor Miles uh, this upcoming month in June at uh, Pastor Delena's uh, Conference for Women. Come on. And man, we are pumped. We're excited. We got Miriam House, our uh, Ladies Recovery Ministry going to be there a great move of god if you're in the atlanta area or even if you're in the tennessee area where i'm at let's go let's pile up let's carpool let's get down um to this conference let's get down to this tent revival and support the great move of god uh that is happening through uh pastor miles rutherford man we appreciate you so much for coming on the show today pastor miles uh, i have enjoyed connecting with you over the last several weeks man you are a, you know like I said, a voice to our nation right now. I'm honored to be uh, connected with you, a brother in the Lord. And uh, man, we're just so thankful for you and everything that you're doing for the kingdom of God. Look forward to connecting in a couple of weeks. Look, we thank you guys for listening uh, to the show today. I, I hope that today blessed you. Uh, we honor you. We thank you for coming on to the show today, Pastor Miles. We will connect soon to all of our listeners. We will connect soon and appreciate you for tuning in. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Until next time on the show.